0: Welcome to Season 6, Episode 2 of the podcast. and in this episode, we're going to talk all about digestion, and not just your high school version of digestion, we're going to go more into the, sort of, how the nervous system affects it, how the endocrine system affects it, and how digestion is a pretty complex process. And it's more than just your biology, it's your psychology, it's your environment, it's your culture, there is a lot that goes into it. And then from that, we're going to look at energy balance, because digestion does play a huge role in that. And then at the end, we're going to touch on diuretics. So, Andy is still in Dublin, and uh, (laughs) I hope you're it prep is going well there. It mm-hmm. looks like it's getting pretty, pretty gnarly at this stage with your
1: yeah. two grams of rice. Yeah. I'm at that stage where I'm far enough out to feel like I'm behind, though. You know, it's like six weeks. You like six weeks doesn't sound like a long time, is it a long time? I mean, I'll be fine. It's just yeah, this is sort of stage where your mind games start playing tricks on you. Well, um, yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'll leave it, it to Ollie and, uh, yeah, know, tick the boxes, it's not my, it's not my problem if I'm not ready, I will
0: be ready. But, you, you will, you, know, you look, yeah. you look good, I mean, from what you've posted on You have six weeks IG, to go. You yeah. look really good.
2: How many weeks? Six? God. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus face this yeah. so. Yeah. Six, Obviously, uh, six well, weeks. Well, it's time weeks.
0: for those uh, fillers, Andy, time for yeah. some face fillers.
2: Six weeks in, uh, oh, yeah. in <laughs> prep, prep condition is like three days. So you'll be there in no time. Yeah.
0: I'll be right. Well, how 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 Well, so, yeah. how is your digestion? Because <laughs> that must be get...
1: you know, Rubbish. You, yeah. Well, rubbish for me. Mm. Rubbish for me. Yeah, I've normally got really good digestion and really good bowel movements. I'm at that point where it's all slowed down. Yeah, I normally wake up, you have a bowel movement in the morning, one in the afternoon, and one in the evening when I'm eating earlier
0: because
1: I have quite a lot of fight over at morning which is annoying because it affects my scale weight But yeah. check yeah I have checking. I like to eat you know it's a long time to have store food but nah, I'm okay but yeah, it's to be expected nah. it always slows down Yeah, you know like, I'm keeping like you know I'm using my carbs as fibrous carbohydrates rather than yeah, you know, and everything else, so, you know, my fibres high, so I'm okay, I'm not, still, still digesting, just quite less, a lot
0: more. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think people underestimate digestion a lot, and how important it is, not just for your health, but for your mood as well, um, and, you know, what goes on when you are in a calorie deficit, you know, that slows down your digestion, yeah. so it's, it's, it's fascinating, Um, and so I guess we can just start with, I mean, hopefully everyone knows what (laughs) digestion is, um, and how it's controlled by the nervous system. The nervous system is sort of the master controller of digestion, and this falls under the branch of your autonomic nervous system, that's sort of beyond your conscious control, um, and We've, we've, we've talked about it before, but you've got two, two branches of that. You've got your sympathetic nervous system, your SNS, and your parasympathetic nervous system, PNS, just for abbreviations. And these really play a huge role in your digestion. And so the, the SNS, the sympathetic nervous system, is your, your flight or flight. You know, if you are stressed or if you're in danger real or imaginary and that's where the problem comes in which we'll talk about <laughs> and then we have the parasympathetic which is your rest, digest and repair and so like I said the the, the nervous system is the master controller of that but it works hand in hand with your endocrine system which is like a chemical messenger system I mean that's how, how I think I would des- describe that and We have discussed before how important it is for digestion to occur efficiently and effectively for you to be in the parasympathetic state. And in this day and age of hustle is life, we are often in a sympathetic um, state and that's when we are stressed. And you know, stress, when we were evolving, <laughs> was very different to it is now, and our body cannot tell the difference if you yeah. are battling in Nairobi traffic, if you are answering emails from your boss, or if you are actually in physical danger. Your body cannot tell the well, that's difference. Same with
1: traffic in Nairobi. That's physical danger.
0: Well, true. Um. <laughs> <It is>.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we realistically, yeah, our body doesn't. Yeah stress response is the same. Whether uh, yeah, actually, and yeah, you know, this is what also like people who do video games. When we get so entrenched in the video <laughs> game, yeah, you that know, stress is real because your body doesn't realize it's just the game. Like your, yeah. your stress levels don't really, yeah. You're in that game, yeah, you yeah. Know, you're you're feeling that game, and yeah, you know, people forget this, like, get all these little outside influences just. Yeah. Merge in, this modern day society Sort of just merges into Into a sort of
2: melting pot Yeah, because Stress is stress, I think with that It's the same as um The way your Your body doesn't know your goals Like whether you're trying to lose fat, build muscle It's almost the same as a yeah. uh, stress response It's It's Breakdown, repair And the process is the same, whether you're Doing it for sport, whether you're After surgery, it's it's the same sort of stress response, and yeah, your body just does what it needs to do to survive.
0: It does, and people forget, and um, exercise is stress. Yeah. Low energy, low intake, dieting is mm-hmm. stress. And so this tends to shut down our digestion and our appetite. We release some hormones like norepinephrine. And that is just saying to your body, look, we don't have energy for digestion right now. We need all our energy to escape or be ready to escape whatever this stress is. So, you know, you'll probably find when you are stressed, normally your, your digestion is, you know, you get nausea or butterflies or you generally don't feel hungry. Some people are the opposite and they stress eat but if it's i would say chronic long term stress then you probably don't or it depends on like how stressed you are if you over or under eat but generally you don't have much of an appetite because your body your your nervous system and your endocrine system are just saying look digestion is not a priority right now and you know when you know you wake up in the morning you've got 5 minutes to eat your breakfast and then you're whirling out the door that's that, to your body, is a stressful situation and um, yeah. the digestion is not going to be optimal.
1: You know, and I used to get this after, especially playing rugby. You know, I would be hungry for hours after rugby. I'd always try and eat because you did need to get back some sort of nourishment into the body. But I could sit there and happily not eat. I mean, this is a problem, like, people skipping meals... And this is a big thing. I've seen a lot with clients, a lot with even myself. You know, especially you know in my previous life would be you know a lot working on an operation vessel And then you are just not hungry, you know, for hours or hours or even the same day if not hungry, say, you probably hungry. You it's not until your body calms down. So, like people with stressful working conditions find really easy to skip meals. Oh, yeah, I was was so busy at work. Yeah, busy at work, but you've got five at time to sort of chill out. And I always say to people, you know, if you can, whatever you do, don't eat your food at your desk or where you work. Get out of the office if you can. If you can go outside, brilliant, but just change your environment, sit down. Take ten minutes just to get some breaths in and relax and enjoy your environment you're now in. Many, because your body doesn't want to eat when it's stressed. You know, it wants you to use survive and eating we can do without food for quite a long period of time. The human body we can do without food for quite a number of days. Yeah. So everybody knows this. So everybody's like, let's escape the danger. And at some point you can eat.
0: Yeah, now being being in that parasympathetic state, you know, because digestion is a, it is a complicated process where certain you know hormones are released in, at certain stages, and then it's like a cascade effect. So, I mean, digestion starts from you just smelling your food. So a lot of people, some of my clients have had COVID. You can't taste or smell, and they're like. I just cannot eat, oh. and, and when, you, you just have no appetite, yeah. you know, smelling your food, and and that is the first, you know, signal to your brain, like, aha, uh-huh, you, know, you know, it's, it's time, time to, time to, to eat, to, yeah. and um, I, I did a post recently on, like, eating slowly, I'm, I'm, I'm still working on that, but eating slowly and mindfully is a huge one, and it just, because digestion starts in the mouth with some enzymes being released there and sort of telling the rest of your body be like hey food is coming get ready um whereas if you're wolfing it down you know your body kind of can't catch up with that and it makes a it makes a huge impact on your your satiety you know you need time for what's going on in your gi tract to kind of tell your brain which is controlling, your hypothalamus is controlling everything, like, are you hungry? Do we have enough energy here? Mm. So eating slowly really lets, you know, those signals, your brain and your, your gut, to be like, yeah, okay, we're on the same page here, because, you know, if you wolf food down, yeah. you'll find like, oh, I'm still so hungry.
2: I find the... Chewing is important. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is another thing, chewing. The same reason about mastication, saliva... You know, vagus nerve triggers from from you know from uh, eating, sitting there at your meal. Um, yeah, if you don't chew your food properly, one, you know, your, your digestion's got to do a lot more with it. But also, you, you're not producing the enzymes. So you chew, that's why people who have a lot of shakes, a lot of protein shakes, or blend their food for speed they actually end up with quite bad digestive issues. It's okay, I always say it's okay to people to have a shake in between meals, but, you know, a shake, like, take Slim Fast shakes. Back in the day, everyone was on Slim Fast, just a couple, of few shakes a day, and then a normal meal. I think mean, it was a shake, for, a shake for lunch and dinner. People end up with terrible digestion because, one, there's nothing to digest. There's no enzymes being produced. That's just sloshing around in your stomach. So, you need to have that mastication to trigger the enzymes. You need to have that virus nerve stimulation.
2: Yeah, because uh, I remember clients before who'd come and they've been on juicing or shaker diets, you know, where you're doing yeah, ju- juice, uh, I guess, three, four meals and then you're eating one. And the moment you try, switch back to... I'd say normal, effective eating—you know—for your health, your performance, your life. The first, I'd say, even few weeks, days, weeks it, it its like they, they, it can't digest, and they either get bloated, they don't. It's like take, just taking the food down is such a problem, both mentally and physically. I
1: really think- but we think then oh the juice must have been better because I wasn't getting bloated. Yeah. And that's the problem. <laughs> that's right?
2: what caused the problem. And
1: what it is, is it, you know, it's sold as give your digestion a rest. But your oh. digestion doesn't
2: need a rest. rest. Oh my no goodness. God. It's got, god. Yeah, it is. it's
1: their job, it doesn't need a rest. <laughs> it just needs you to be more mindful
0: about what you're doing. It but is. It's funny. it's I I bought into that. I'm like, yeah, it's good to give your digestion a rest <laughs> and have, you know, like these soothing, cleansing drinks. But Wait, it's
2: like green drink. Uh, as they no, if you
0: actually just yeah chewed your food properly, you'll be good
2: um i think we we as um humans it's easy to sell some of these things 'cause it's i sit and come and uh you know coin good to- you know good times like digest digestive rest gut reset, and I just tell you you know have your kale with celery and throwing your fruits and make it because everyone is struggling and like we say digestion is a big part of the journey and if it's part of the struggle it's easy for someone to 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 make certain things seem nice and cool for you to think okay yeah you know i've been struggling with my weight maybe i need a digestion rest to restart my digestive uh and it's
0: not a car, you don't need to jump yeah, it's,
2: it, it's, it's sad that you you people are desperate for you know, ways to progress and really get healthier and uh, people just take advantage of that with uh, I guess, juicing diets and uh, resetting your yeah. digestive system and all, all, the, all the interesting stuff on uh, social media well, that's
1: the thing, but you know, it's Eating is important, chewing is important, you know, it's all very well, you know, people look for shortcuts and yeah, everyone wants to feel better and we all sort of fall into that, but you know, as a saying, you are what you eat, digest, absorb and don't secrete because it's not just what goes in your mouth. Well, with digestion, you know, working optimally, you're just wasting a lot of calories. You know, you're not getting your nutrients out of your foods. You know, you are going to create digestive issues. And there's people, you know, a a juice cleanse always sounds great to people. Oh, that sounds really easy. Juices are pretty sweet because they've had all the fiber removed. You know, delicious, easy to do. You can just sit at your desk and drink a bottle of juice. Lovely. You And crack on. But, you know, there is this constant, um, you know, you need to be in that parasympathetic, uh, you need to be in the parasympathetic stage. You need to be in rest and digest. You know, you need to take time. And this is what people forget. It's not just about what you eat. It's about Environment you're eating in because you yeah you, know, you well a big part of that rest and digest is the rest element. Mm-hmm. You, you're not meant to eat food on the go. You're not meant to yeah. You know, when when human, humans are eating, they're meant to be resting, eating rest eating resting. Yeah. And if I had if I had the opportunity, you know, I would eat a nap all the time. I would love it. It'd be great if I didn't have, I didn't have work to do. I love to just eat, have a little nap, because then your digestion's going to be, you know, optimal. That sort of situation. Big time, big
0: time. And I mean, there's again, there's lots of different hormones that affect your appetite and your satiety. So we'll just go, I think, through the the main characters. So one of the big ones, and you might have heard of this, is ghrelin. It's like it's a hunger hormone that it acts directly on your brain you know and it's it's affected by sort of how how much you know you've you've eaten um and if it's like if your energy intake is low then ghrelin will go up and yeah that's what's kind of telling you okay time to eat now um yeah. and then we have the other one which is called leptin and that's mainly made by your fat cells so the more fat cells you have, the more leptin you have. And this tells your brain that there's plenty of energy in the body. We don't need any more. But you can move more. And then um, on, the, on the flip side of that, you know, if you are in a diet, if you've got low body fat, you've got less fat cells, so you're going to secrete less leptin. So now that's telling your body, okay, you know, now we need to eat more, move less. And your sympathetic nervous system can suppress leptin. So again, stress is not a good thing. It can suppress leptin, which can make you feel hungry. Even if you you have more body fat than you want. You can still feel really hungry oh. if you're stressed. <laughs> <laughs> and it be down hard. You know, once it's yeah, you know, it's also suppression it gets
1: sort of so suppressed, you just get so hungry, and that's why people become stress eaters, we feel stressful and hungry, you know, I can easily be a stress eater, yeah.
0: know,
1: if I allow myself, when I'm stressed, but like, you know, I love to smash out sweet stuff like chocolate or something, yeah. but you know, that's the same thing, you know, that leptin just gets crushed and ghrelin gets pushed, Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah, that's, that's crazy, because that's, that's where you can see the hormonal differences, because I'm I'm now the opposite. If I'm super stressed, I my appetite is like I'm, I'm good not eating, and you find as always too there's guys who eh, if you're stressed you. But
0: there's also a lot of psychological factors yeah, yeah. with stress with eating that. as well, like because it's it, is it a coping mechanism as well? Yes. You know, yes, is yes, it yes. is it soothing?
1: I seldom stress eat. A, a big, healthy, nourishing meal.
2: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like, it's
1: like, it goes back to the psychology of when we're young, rewarding ourselves with yeah. a sweet, like, yeah, you know, when kids get good grades, getting ice cream or
2: whatever. Yeah, yeah. Chocolate, yeah. So when you're
1: stressed, you want to give yourself a little reward yeah. for surviving. <laughs> we are, we've,
0: we've, we've evolved that way as well. Yeah. Like, we've evolved to, you know, look for that sort of highly palatable yummy food and yeah like yeah. is a reward um but you know a lot of people ask like oh then why do obese people overeat you know because if you've got so much body fat surely you should have so much leptin that that should tell your body that you know you don't need to eat anymore but you can get leptin resistance that's what happens when you are obese so it kind of overrides that natural mechanism in your body and you know, these are our mechanisms for hunger and satiety, you know, and being at a certain body fat, you know, are pretty robust, um, you know, if we listen to it. But because of the environment we live in now, which is just abundance everywhere, access to highly palatable calorie dense food everywhere. You know, it can override our sort of natural systems and checks and things like that.
1: Yeah, our hormones are based on homeostasis. Yeah. And us being in a nice, healthy, normal environment. Soon as... You know, because we're not meant to have the amount of food we have, like, in the environment. We're not meant to... You know, our bodies haven't changed much. Yeah, evolution is quite a long process. So, you know, our bodies are still built the same way almost. And now, you know, we're not, you know, it would have been, you know, hundreds of years ago even, been obese people because it just wasn't the food. You had to go out and hunt or you had to go out and there was little meat. There was a little, yeah. You know, there wasn't chocolate bars. There wasn't, you know, high-fat, high-carb meals. Yeah, you know, so you wouldn't have had the same you yeah, a sort of massive amount of difference between someone who's just a little overweight because they're not moving much, which is kind of what leptin set up for, to someone who is morbidly obese. Yeah, you know,
0: he just didn't have it. It's, it's interesting. Sorry, this is a little bit of a t- tangent, but in university I did human sciences and there's a lot of anthropology in there and, and human evolution. And if you go way, way back, you know, there are figurines of, like, obese people, mainly women, and, and they were almost like gods because, you know, that showed the ultimate abundance. You as a society were, you know, on top. If you could have someone so fat, you were so successful. And that's seen in a lot of African culture as well, how, you know, fat is it's equated a to... Success because in the day, that was so, so difficult. You had to have like a very good system in place to support someone who's so fat, who can't go out and, you know, get food for themselves. So, you know, it's, 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 it's actually, it's fascinating. And I mean, it's still, it's still part of a lot of cultures today, but now that doesn't work so well, um, you know, to, to see that um, sort of excess body fat, you know, as, as, you know, success, because there are so many health risks associated with that now.
2: Yeah, true. (laughs) Um,
0: but it's just, it's just so interesting. Um.
2: No, it's, it's very true, because even growing up, I mean, all, well, all politicians were, you know, slightly uh fatter and chubbier than most people and you'd you'd hear the yeah. saying if you translate it it's like it's like you know the kitambi is the gut and it's like oh that that that, that. Yeah. Doing well. yeah he's eating well you know he's he 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 went in when he was my size now look at him so it's, it's well sadly though
1: yeah <laughs> definitely it is also
2: it's it's, a
0: it's, co- it's like a compliment it like, is yeah yeah If someone hasn't seen you for a long time, they're like, Oh, my Like, oh, you're looking, you know, nice and chunky. And you're like, you know, if you come from overseas, you're like, Oh, 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 what? That's not very nice. Whereas that's
2: such a compliment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, back to the topic. I think sex hormones also uh, play a big role in digestion. And our GI tract has a lot of receptors for hormones. So I think especially for women, that makes sense. If you look at your cycle and you look at your digestion throughout your cycle, how it changes because you have those hormone receptors in your GI tract. So for a lot of women, uh, either just before their period or during their period, you know, they might have diarrhea because they're just they're different, you know, different hormones are now affecting your digestive process Um I don't know about men, I did read somewhere that testosterone is somehow related to ghrelin as well. I I'm don't know. That, you know, it increases if you have, like, ghrelin increases if you have high test.
1: I don't Yeah, know. I imagine that, that yeah. thing pretty much sounds about right, because yeah. you'd want to be, if you've got high test, you want to be feeding your body. Yeah. Because your body wants to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you want to be more powerful,
2: you
1: want to be stronger, so that needs calories to
2: do that yeah like, um, I guess yeah. that's a, a bit of the difference between when it comes to some sports athletes performing better you know because it's like with the Olympics and the testosterone issue, but it could be because you're eating mounds of food and still able to maintain and build muscle and. Perform better than your competitors, so it, it could be, yeah.
0: And I mean, the other end of your digestion is important too. Yeah. Your excretion, um, yes. Very what comes, <laughs> <out>. <laughs> what, what comes out and how it comes how out is <laughs> very important. Yeah. And you know, it's that's an important part of like by checking with clients. It's like, how are your bowel movements? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, TMI. Like, it's not TMI. Like as your coach, you as a person, you kind of need to know, like, it's, it's so important to have happy, healthy bowel movements, because, you know, if you're constipated, you're generally miserable, um, and, um, a lot of, you know, again, for, for women, you know, some, a lot of estrogen is, is, is bound up in the fiber in your, in your poo, and it, it needs to be excreted, otherwise you can kind of get a build-up, and that can cause imbalances in your hormones, um, so it's it's really important to have good bowel movements. If you've seen the Bristol Stool Chart, you should be aiming for a number four, which yeah. is smooth like a snake.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking uh, it's a bit of a tangent, but it'd be interesting to do like a hormone equation because it seems every every topic we talk about hormones are big. Like how oh, when yeah. this goes up, this goes down. This it's, it'd be interesting. Well, yeah, to that's do the thing.
1: The human body is essentially
2: no, nerves, and, yeah, nerves and hormones. It's, it's, it's hormones at function. Yeah.
0: <laughs> huge, yeah. huge. And I mean, your we've talked about the nervous system, but your your GI tract has its own nervous system called the enteric okay. mm-hmm. nervous system. It's like a localized nervous system, and it, it talks with your central nervous system. You you are not aware of this, and it lets you know. It, they discuss. They discuss quote-unquote, with each other, like, what's going on, you you know, including your psychological state, that's why, you know, everyone says, yeah, go with your gut feeling, because, you know, it is a thing, or your second brain, as a lot of people call it, Um, that's why, I guess, gut health is so trendy as well, and people are so obsessed with cleanses, and all of this, because if your digestion is off, you just feel like crap, you really do, like, you just cannot, you know, perform, feel good, it's, you know, and that's because your GI tract is talking to your brain, so you, you need it to be optimal, you know, for you to feel and perform your best.
1: The engine room, yeah, we, you know, we see all this, you know, you know what it's like, you get some dirty fuel in your car, it blocks up, yeah, your fuel pump and everything else, it doesn't matter what we see, uh, you know, the, um, on-board computers thinking yeah. you know, it's trying to fire more fuel into the system. It doesn't matter. If a fuel tank is is ruined, you know, you got to take it out and clean it. And that's the same yeah. with, the, with the stomach in a lot of ways. You know, what we put into it is, you know, controlled by the brain, but actually it's almost more important for day-to-day running. Versus, you know, if we look at ourselves as machines, our day-to-day running... We need the fuel to be running, and we talk about this so when we talk about macros. You know, have the right amount of macros, and yeah, you know, you've got to talk about actually the process of turning those macros into things, which is then digestion. And yeah, you know, that process is important. And as you said, and it links all back up to the brain, brain links back down, and you know, and the heart's connected. You know, because yeah, you know, when we heart rate increases and you know and then also if we've been exercising our heart rates up and then you know that's a stressor digestion mm-hmm. you know and all these things are just interconnected and that's why we, you, you know we've got to look at the body holistically you can't just say right, I'm going to do a juice cleanse you know focus just on the gut yeah but it doesn't work that doesn't work you know you have to look at everything you know what's stressing you what's causing this issue yeah. you know if you've got hormone imbalance is that why you've got diarrhea Mm-hmm.
2: it's yeah. true it's It's amazing how people will try to do the craziest things to almost prove a point to themselves and forgetting uh as they do it, they're super miserable, you know, like the example you've given of I'd say the juice cleanse where by day three you're done, you're tired, but you sort of want to prove a point to you, your friends, and you're like, yeah, I started it, I loved it, it's amazing. I dropped three kilos or whatever. But you're miserable. Yeah. You're not you're not uh, at work, you're just not in it, your tummy is just feeling off, you know. But it's it's
1: Yeah, and I mean gut's a great indicator, yeah. health, general health.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It is. And so there's there's a few like neurotransmitters as well, and so you know, you've got neurotransmitters in your brain and in and in your gut. Yeah. And, like, Andy, you've said before on multiple podcasts, like, 90% of the serotonin, which is our happy hormone, is made and used in the gut, in the you know, for smooth muscle yeah. contractions and Go gut secretions. It. it can't cross the blood-brain barrier. No. But, but it, it just shows that, that that's so, you know, that's it's such an important part of it. Um, and... There's, I mean, there's also one called GABA. I don't know what that. I can't remember its real yeah. name, but
1: GABA <laughs> 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 something.
0: So on in in the yeah. brain, it it's it's um, it inhibits the the sympathetic nervous system, which is good for the gut because when you're chilled, you rest and digest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like we discussed before, you've got norepinephrine, which is also a neurotransmitter, which is the opposite to to, the, to together. So that's now causing your body to be in a paras I mean, in a sympathetic state. So um, yeah, there, there's just so there's it's so complex, and there's so many feedback loops um, with all of this. That yeah, like we've said, it, you have to take it sort of. Yeah, holistically. Um.
1: Yeah. And I think we're going to get on in a second to the actual, um, you know, how about affects energy balance. And mm-hmm. you can start seeing the pattern of, like, you know, if you're not digesting, you're not going to be getting correct, um, you know, you can correct sort of energy out of your food. And, you know, something I always say to all my clients is actually never eat directly after training. I have said this on podcasts am not, You know, you shouldn't eat. And this is why, I'm, you know, I tell them don't eat don't immediately after you finish training. Heart rates increase. You wait for your heart rate to get back down to your resting heart rate before eating because you need to be in rest and digest. And what happens is as you eat, your heart rate goes up anyway. And that's a natural occurrence. What you don't want to do is start trying to grab food in when the heart rate's up because your body thinks it's stressed your body thinks it's and yeah we've said exercise is a stressor you know and it is especially hard training what you want to do is bring it down don't rush try to a meal in and the changing room of the gym you know even in the off season give yourself a short while everything relax eat your food in a nice relaxed environment
0: big time i've had uh, a couple of clients the past few weeks who've just been really stressed and you know, that can cause IBS like symptoms, you know, and a lot of people who think they have IBS, and maybe they do, but it's just stress or chronic stress. You know, but no no yeah, I was one, gonna say, it is know, IBS, but it's triggered by
1: stress.
0: Yeah, not not your food. So
1: yes.
0: you it obviously it is hard to control your stress. But I think so many people are looking to the food, they're like, Oh, what did yeah. I eat that caused this? And it's like just look at the rest of your life. Yeah. You are super stressed right now, and you know it's you know when that light bulb goes off, they're like, "Oh yes, yes, that makes sense. you know you're you've got diarrhoea, you just you know just can't eat or you're feeling nauseous, and that's stress on your body. that's just what we've been talking about. You're in a chronic sympathetic state, you know your cortisol is up your all all those- you know what we've talked about. Just telling your body you're in survival mode. Digestion is not a priority right now. Um, So always keep (laughs) that in mind. Exactly.
1: People with anxiety or depression have gut issues generally. And people who suffer from chronic anxiety usually suffer from IBS. But the IBS isn't triggered by the food, it's triggered by the anxiety and the constant stress. And you telling, you know, the internal communication, that you are in fight and flight over the, yeah, you know, over every every day, yeah. and then depression is, you know, is due to the lack of serotonin. You don't have that smooth muscle contraction. in Your stomach is, yeah, yeah, you have no gut motility. So, yeah, you, know, you have either two things happen: constipation or diarrhea, depending on, you know, what your cortisol levels are doing. But yeah, so both of those things massively affect
0: digestion. And it doesn't have to be sort of huge stress as well, to take myself as an example yeah. here. So we got our new dog. <laughs> and <clears throat> my digestion has not been the best, like, since he came. And it's it's just a stress of how like just fitting him in, you know, with all the other dogs and they were just not all getting on and and then I've also had a load this week and my gest- digestion has been better this week. And um, my weight has gone down by like a kilo. And, you know, it, it just shows how important being in a relaxed state can be on your body because when you are stressed, you're holding to more water. Digestion is not good. So for a lot of people who are in a weight loss phase and don't see movement on the scale, you know, you've got to look at all these, all these things, you know, and, and just seeing how stress, you know, impacts that and being
1: aware of. It. Um, One of the best things you can do as a coach, if a client says to you, "I am really stressed at work, chronic stress," is actually give them a deload. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To yeah. take away another stressor. Yep. Yeah. You know, you true. don't. You know, adding more training volume or saying, like, "Oh, you got to get your training in, got to get your steps in," it's just adding more stress to the parcel. Yeah. You know, let's just actually, what can we unload a little bit of? Yes, you love training. Still keep training, but let's not go crazy and yeah. stress to your body. Let's your body just deal with your your actual stress of work for a week. Especially if it's something like a big, you yeah, know, audit or a big report going in. It's just one one thing. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be a week, two weeks. After that, get back to it, and you know, gonna, you know thank you for it. Isn't it?
0: Big time. I mean, that takes us nicely into, I think, energy balance. So, energy balance is a fundamental law of thermodynamics. You know, energy is neither created nor destroyed, it's only transferred. And you might have heard of SECO, which is calories in versus calories out. So, if you have more calories coming in than are going out, you gain weight. If calories coming in are the same as going out, you maintain your weight. And if calories coming in are less than going out, you lose weight. And, you know, on the surface of it, SICO seems so simple. But when you get into it, which is why we're talking about digestion first, it's actually very complicated. And so factors that affect energy in, digestion is a huge one. It's a huge one. Um, the type, the types of food we eat, you know, how, how they're prepared, how efficiently, how effectively are you absorbing all the nutrients from your food? What are your hormones doing? What are your stress levels doing? You know, are you sleeping? Are you recovering? What's your psychology like, your mindset? Because all of that is going to affect how you digest and metabolize your food. And so we've we've touched on the digestion. If your digestion is not optimal, you're not gonna be getting as much out of your food, you know, as as you could. Yeah. You know, if if you're stressed, that's you know, that might make you eat more or it might make you eat less. Um then you know there's the, the psychology of it. You know, some people Ooh, our internet says it's unstable. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, you know, there's psychology of eating and, and overeating. You know, they've found a lot of genes that are linked to obesity. Um, and that how those genes can be affected by s- so much as you're growing up. Maybe if you were starving when you were a child, that can affect, you know, your eating patterns when you get older. And... Um, I mean, even the, the, our microbiome is an interesting one because they found... So the microbiome is like all the organisms, you know, sort of in your, in your GI tract. And that's generally what people refer to, you know, with your gut health and like probiotics and everything. Your gut microbiome is, is really important. And there, are, again, there are studies showing obese people have a different, you know, gut mi- microbiome than non-obese people. And if you do a fecal transplant that's taking the poo from an obese person and putting it into someone who's not, they can actually get obese. Um, yeah. I mean, the point of fecal transplants is that they can really help people with like um, Crohn's disease oh, yeah. or, True. you know, IBS, you know, pretty, pretty serious um, colon or uh, intestinal problems, but I just thought that was really interesting. So your gut microbiome can affect that as well, Um, but sleep is a massive one. Um, If you remember our podcast with uh, Dr. Dean, and you know your circadian rhythms and night shift workers, because lack of sleep can really impact your hormone levels. Hormones again, and you know, and your your sort of blood glucose as well. Um, you know, so when you know you have lack of sleep, you're generally hungrier, you have more ghrelin. Oh yeah. Yeah,
2: um, yeah big time.
0: <laughs> you probably noticed that, yeah, yeah, if you've had a bad night's sleep.
2: Yeah. You're often
0: hungrier. Um
2: That's so true.
0: <laughs> or you make poorer food choices, you know, you again you go for more highly palatable, calorie dense kind of food. Um and then that also has a sort of those do your cultural part as well because again if you're sort of a night shift worker or if you've been out clubbing what kind of food is open at that time of night fast food fatty <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. greasy <laughs> yeah foods yeah um <laughs> yeah Sorry. it's true you know it is it's kind of what you get used to you
1: know there's very little healthy options open past 9
2: p.m you know? i know because you've been drinking and then you add on, you know, the super fatty, super greasy foods to help with the hangover the next day. So, yeah, no, no
0: juice bars
2: open at midnight. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, because as they say, vitamin C is affected, you know, when you when you drink, and that's why you get the bad. Uh, if you could get some spinach juice or orange after your night of drinking, it would probably do you better. i told
1: over your Oh, yeah. stop. <laughs> no, just, it, it'd definitely
2: be better than your... I remember we used to, because Pizza Inn used to be the only place like would be open at uh, at about 3, 4 a.m. in the morning when, when uh, back when uh, I was yeah. younger.
1: Yeah, two flat pizza. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and you just well, get your pizza. Terrible
1: pizza. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I used to love, I, I would always drink because I get the biggest one I could get knowing yep. that if I I like full sleep it'd still be out in the morning and you yeah
2: still eat
1: it <laughs> yeah. unlike other, some other takeaways don't taste good. i tried try and eat it get bad kebab the next morning it was never quite as good because uh, so, okay. you know you do wake up and starting, you feel starving hungry you feel empty because yeah. that ghrelin because ghrelin's spiking and, you know you feel like oh I'm so hungry that's why Yeah. You know, in the UK you go out to a greasy cafe and get a fire after a night of drinking, because you wake up
0: with that hunger. It's, I mean, so you can see, like, factors affecting energy in
1: mm-hmm.
0: their biolo-, oh gosh, biological, so, their social, psychological, cultural, psychological, <laughs> so it's very complex, and and the same with energy out, so that's your basal metabolic rate, so the amount of energy your body needs just to stay alive. Some people also call it your resting metabolic rate, which also includes digestion. And, I mean, that can account for around 70% of your daily energy needs. Uh, Your brain needs a lot of (laughs) food, a lot of glucose. And then you've got what's called the thermic effect of food, like different foods. Um, take more energy to digest, so protein has the highest thermic effect. So, you know, it's, you know, if you do eat a lot of meat, sometimes people get like meat sweats. <laughs> True. It's hard work for your body to break <laughs> down meat. <laughs> so, the, and and that's where protein is often, you know, we use it as a, a tool in in a deficit because it. I mean, it's a a small percentage, but it will increase your calories outside of the equation. Plus its satiety effect. Um, So then we've got thermogenesis, which is sort of heat given off by your body. And this this differs from person to person. And some people are very thermogenic. And you're wasting a lot of energy as heat. So, for those people, you know, like your boyfriend who just eats whatever he wants and doesn't gain weight, it's because he's very inefficient at metabolizing food, and a lot yeah, of that energy is like wasted. Up, yeah. I was like, always be hot. Anyone
1: yeah. who, like, in a bed with me would say, Why are you so hot when you sleep? It's just well. cause, you know, I <laughs> never put weight on, and I was just like, I had this stupid. Body, I, feel, I feel like I've cooled down a little bit. I need to cover myself as of sleep. But, like,
0: when I was a young guy, I wouldn't have a on me. I wouldn't have a on me. No, Leon, Leon's like that. He's like my hot water bottle.
1: Yeah,
0: I, and, yeah. like, honestly, if you look at that, everyone knows that one person who just eats <laughs> the bottomless pit and never puts on weight. And if you watch them, they never sit down. They're always moving. You know, they're generally like say like a hot kind of person and you can like give off an. um i think in my uh, nutritional course i'm doing they said like an excess of 700 calories heat everyone is different and we'll get back to homeostasis in a minute but then we can look at NEAT which we talk about a lot the non-exercise activity thermogenesis that word again Mm -hmm. and that's your sort of unconscious movement throughout the day of fidgeting, fidgeting. Or thing with your glasses, you know, just doing the washing up. Um, I mean, we use steps as an artificial form of NEAT. But NEAT, again, varies from person to person and is, and is quite tightly controlled by some of your neurotransmitters and, and hormones as well. Um, so, again, leptin is very important there because... When your body senses that leptin is high, so a higher body fat, higher energy intake, it's like, okay, well, we've got the resources to move around, move around more. Whereas if you're in a deficit and you're losing body fat, now your body's like, oh, ooh, leptin's low. Okay, we're going to tell you not to move around so much. That is why in a deficit, you want to be a couch potato.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and why we use step targets as a... Uh, you know, to keep you moving, because otherwise your body would be like, nah, nah, we need to preserve this energy.
1: You're got, you got to be mindful of movement. This is like an impressive moment for me. Yeah, yeah it'd be lovely just an day, wouldn't it? But, you know, you've got. I, I tell myself to get up and move. I make things harder, like I'll have walk somewhere and get, you know, in mm-hmm. Dublin and get a travel bus. Yeah. Because it's all part of keeping myself moving, because otherwise oh, it's easy just to get lazy. And that's the same, with everyday people like, oh, No, I'm in a deficit, so I'm just going to sit down more. I don't need to move more because I'm in a deficit. Well, no, you need to be moving the same as you were before for that deficit to work.
0: Big time. And, I mean, so that's neat. But then you have, like, your purposeful exercise, your training Mm -hmm. session, your cardio, and depending on a lot of factors, that will contribute. I mean, it's not a huge amount to your you know, your total daily yeah. output, it can, it can be a maybe 15%, 30% for some people if you're really active, um, excretion is important for the, you know, the calories outside of the equation, yeah. um, and your hormones, as always, your hormones are there, um, I don't, have I missed anybody, I mean, uh, no. uh well, yeah, sleep, recovery, always, stress is there too, if you're recovering from an illness or injury, that can, be, that can affect the calories outside as well. Um, and it's, it's interesting when, you know, yeah we look at what we've said before, what Andy said, like your body wants to be at homeostasis. A lot of sort of systems will kick into place when you start to lose body fat because from an evolutionary perspective, our body has so many defence mechanisms to stop us losing body fat, which has let us get to where we are now, to survive. But yeah. Now, everything <laughs> has changed. <laughs>
1: and that's the thing, everyone's got a different set point. Mm-hmm. This is, it's impossible to say where everyone's homeostasis is, how much body fat they should have in their yeah. body. But I think the longer you spend in a different state, that set point moves. So if you spend a lot of time leaving. Your set point moves towards the leaner side and your body gets used to it. Or oh, the same the other way. And that's why it's harder for people who've been obese for so long. We can lose a big portion of weight initially, but then suddenly the body feels like it's moved quite far away to yeah. what it's got
2: used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and your, your RMR, that resting metabolic rate, it goes up and down. It's very adaptive. Um, so if you're in a, a deficit, you know, all these things will kick into place, like to stop you moving around. Your thyroid hormone is going to go down. You know, cortisol is going to come up. There are so many uh, factors here. Like when your lean body mass and your total body mass goes down, you're naturally not going to need as much energy or expend as much energy. Yeah. Um, and
2: Yeah, it's, it's like your body goes into survival mode. It, it,
0: it does, and that's when you get metabolic and hormonal adaptations. Um, and, I mean, Taryn, who was on the podcast before, talks a lot about this, you know, how chronic dieting, you just cannot diet forever because your body will adapt to it and, you know, you'll have issues. Yeah,
2: you, re- you, you really can't, to be honest, if you think about it. <laughs> every, every person who has tried... I'm sure we've all had clients who've been chronic dieters, and there's always that point things just seem to crumble, and there's no progress. Exactly. Yeah, they're not. I see so like weight well. that
1: yeah. movement like a staircase. Right. You can't. It's not. It's not a slope.
2: No. yeah, it's going
1: to be uh, hurting yourself. But like you got to spend a little time at each point.
2: Each step. Yeah. <laughs> you know, be
1: able to go to the next point. You can't just bound up, you know, it's got to come down, spend a little time here, come down again, spend a little time here. And that's when you get your best results. And that's why people need to realize it's not short-term body fat loss. It's not short-term plaque because it takes a little bit. The same with muscle gaining, you know, being tissue gaining it takes a lot of work because you are moving away from your homeostasis and you've got to keep moving that set point along lot I you know, think, in the direction.
2: I think a lot of people would succeed if, if that statement Andy has said, if you just realise it's, it's like, it's let's just call it, it becomes a lifestyle, it's long term. If everyone could just get that into their heads, it, I think a lot of people would embrace, you know, just, the information and not look for quick fixes and be better place mentally and yeah physically
0: but you've seen how complicated
2: yeah, this, the system the is mm-hmm.
0: like you know it's like yes seco is important and it's always true if you are not losing weight you're n- you're not in a calorie deficit but the reason you're not in a calorie deficit can be more complicated than you then, think yeah it could, be, it could be hormonal. It could be stress. It could be, oh, I didn't realize I'd actually, yeah, I'd stop moving around. I didn't know that, you know, my body had put all these mechanisms into place to kind of stop me doing that. And it's, you know, all people say that a metabolism is broken. And it's like it's not broken. It's just down regulated, It has adapted. Your body is so smart. And, yeah, hormones are a massive one. They're a massive one. And, I mean... F- especially for women, we are so sensitive to changes in energy balance because we cannot reproduce, we cannot, you know, safely have, grow a baby if we do not have enough energy. So if you are in a chronic deficit and everybody is different with their body fat percentage, you know, your menstrual cycle might stop. Your body's just like, nope, it's not safe for us, not good right now to, you know be having and growing a child. We just don't have enough energy. Um, so again, you've got to be really careful with that. And, you know, a lot of people in deficits just sort of find that their cognitive functions are not so good because your brain needs a lot of fuel. Um, and if you're not getting it, you know, you're sort of forgetful, you're crabby, just not the best person to be around. And yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, a very complex system but just remember, Seco does hold true. Nobody breaks the law of thermodynamics, but it's just to find yeah. what is affecting you.
1: I think the other thing is women look at how lean men get and forget, as women, you're meant to have more fat stores. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, you know, your set point is <laughs> different from a man's set point. You know, and, you know, you know, Times change but evolution hasn't. You know, men were out there fighting and, and killing and hunting, and, and women were, you know, producing families. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of how the bodies are built, you know. But, you know, obviously evolution, social evolution's changed, but actual physical evolution hasn't. So women still need a higher portion of fat. And I think, from my experience, you know, there's a lot of women who racing to, to lose fat when in fact it is gonna take longer for women to get to that point. Yeah. You know? And they should never be and there should never be anything, like that, you know, for health reasons. But to get to what the level just takes longer because there's a lot more things more seesaws to balance on the way. So as I said, it's you know, big longer steps on the staircase rather than you
0: know jumping off cliffs yeah there's been a, a study i think it came out quite recently about uh, metabolism and how everyone was like oh you know after 30 your metabolism your rmr resting meto- metabolic rate declines but now the study showed that it's only after 60 that it starts to significantly decline and it's more to do with your like lifestyle factors because you know, I've, I've worked with a few women in their, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, and they're like, oh, you know, it's, it's menopause. It's, it's you, know, you know, after you've hit a certain age, you know, me- metabolism is just slow. And, you know, that study shows that, it, yes, to, an, to, to a point it is, but it's, it's more your lifestyle factors, maybe without you yeah. even realizing that affecting that energy balance mm-hmm. equation. Which is not just, you know, food. It's
1: it's your stress. It's your recovery. Well, I was mean, going to say, I've got a 63-year-old client. And she does everything. And she kills, you know, she kills it on a daily with her activity. And it's amazing. But the only thing that merely affects her progress is, because of her menopause, sleep.
0: Wow, yeah. And that's massive. And that's one of
1: those factors. Yeah. You know, it's sleep. But she's still killing it, you know, and we're still moving along nicely. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing, you know. I you know, talked to her about is sleep and, you know, the knock on the on digestion, you know, making sure there's enough fibre in the diet, etc. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, it is all about the environment, and obviously, when we are by contributing factors, I would say sleep's one of those, it's a really affected by menopause. of yeah. You know, generally everything else, you know, you, you know, there's nothing stopping you being in
0: fantastic shape in your 60s. Not at all. And, I mean, the more lean muscle mass you have, the better. Because lean, yeah. I mean, lean muscle mass has, you know, it's an expensive tissue for your body. So you will increase your RMR by having more lean muscle mass. And that does decline with age. You know, and from a protein episode, you need to keep, you know, actually eat more protein as you get older. Um, so it's yeah it it can be it can be it can definitely be complicated but you know all the fundamentals still hold true um, but it's just to figure them out on a case by case basis. I think we have time to touch on uh, diuretics. Andy, you wanted to to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, because that? it's quite a hot topic at the moment in the sort of,
1: especially bodybuilding world. Yeah, you know, Elena, I can't remember. So they. Yeah. Uh, I think she was you know, European um female bodybuilder. Yeah. She died backstage at
2: um the Europa in, show. Yeah, the NPC one. show
1: uh, and that's brought into light the bigger issue of diuretic usage in bodybuilding, but primarily in women's and not just bodybuilding, we're talking bikini through yeah. figure, more less you know, physique, bodybuilding, yeah. Um, the reality is, you know, a lot of people don't know what diuretics are. Like, is it, you know, there are natural diuretics. You know, diuretics, for those who don't know, is, is a, a you know used to remove fluid from the body to make you wee more, essentially.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know? um, now, there's natural diuretics like caffeine, dandelion root extract. I mean, we're not talking about these things, you know, asparagus, cucumber, um, and shit like that. But that's it, the natural ones. What we're talking about is chemical compounds. Yeah. The pharma pharmaceutical uh, diuretics used, um, being used, and yeah, you know, here's the main ones like diazide, Pumex. Um, and what and what and the issue isn't so much. People dying of dehydration, that is an issue, probably has happened. is actually, and I think that's what happened with Elena's point of dehydration, because she died backstage, for sure. And one coach said, four female athletes have died. And all linked uh, Dianetics and others have got heart conditions and things. Yeah. Uh, and the reality is, potassium, most diuretics potassium sparing. So we flush out water and sodium. After, and you know, this is where a lot of people get into trouble after shows, because what happens is, you know, you're having these potassium sparing diuretics. After the show, you've been eat mentally. Yeah. And eat every, you can get burgers, fries, takeaway, wherever it may be. High potassium. That high potassium suddenly puts you hypervolemic the is where you've got too much potassium in your body, and what people need to realise is potassium is important for heart function. So you create arrhythmic heart conditions, and people's hearts just stop, and they die. So, yes, um, do people need diuretics to compete in bodybuilders? No. There's a lot of top bodybuilders that don't take any diuretics. Yeah, I've never taken a diuretic. You know, I've had a bit of asparagus and cucumber and a bit of caffeine Same man. Um, look, reality is, but we're talking mainly. It seems to be women way more. I mean, there's a man, there's a guy who died. You woke the show in Spain.
2: Yeah. Died hotel room and made it to the show.
1: Um, and there's a real issue there. Um, and if you're a female athlete, and you've got a coach telling you to you need to take diuretics to compete this yeah yeah genuinely do your research it's your own choices yeah you've got to be growing about it but research do they're telling own... you like some of these protocol must was um what was it what that acne medication um geez aldactone take aldactone for two weeks before
2: mm.
1: um which is a diuretic then you're taking on top of that they're also taking things like cambuterol T3 their thyroid and that increases heart rates. on both of those. Then they're taking out Dacto, which is a diuretic.
2: For two Then weeks. they're adding oh gosh.
1: Bumex on top, which is a loop diuretic, which means it blocks, like, major channels with huge potassium sparing situation going on, and, and diazide, which is just an insane amount of compounds to be taking. And, yeah, I'm not an expert diuretics, and I'm not a doctor, but... Pretty straightforward. If you are ready for a show, you will need to. Yeah, that's a strong chance to put a band aid on your back. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we've got to pull some water off. It'll be alright, we'll pull some water off. And, you know, and it happens with men's and women's, um, where, you know, look, you should be ready, no need for diuretics. You know, the only thing is, you know, you can keep your water in up to the day of the show
2: you're
1: lean enough, yeah. The only people struggle is people who aren't quite lean enough. Maybe have a you know, couple more pounds to lose. And that's the reality. Yep. So coaching, the coach, and this is just something I say, you know, especially for female athletes, if the female, coach ever tells you to say you're diuretic, you can say no. Don't do everything, and this goes across all coaching. Don't just, you don't have to just follow coaches what we tell you. You can ask questions. You yeah. shouldn't be questioned. You know, your coach should be able to give you the answers. And the reality is, a good coach will have the answers. A bad coach will just tell you to do it anyway. Yeah. And that's the same with any principle across coaching.
0: It's
1: like... Yeah. Ask. Yeah, Ask the the Just eat less, just eat less, move more. eat less, eat less, eat less, It's not working. Eat less, you're not doing it any properly. Yeah, you know, it means things. It just shows up in yeah, poor coaching.
2: Yeah, you should, you should be able to answer why this exercise is there. Why this? Every single thing you program for your client. If you're also as a coach, if you get angry when a client asks, maybe maybe you're in the wrong profession. You should, uh, yeah, you're not. I'm
1: always, I'm always quite keen when a client says, I yeah, I love the exercise plan. I don't have that piece of equipment, or yeah. I don't like that exercise. I'll Change it. it doesn't bother me. Yeah. yeah. Because, I else it You know. So we say to them it's about movement patterns, you know, and it's about uh, reps and tempo and everything else, but the actual exercise doesn't matter to me, particularly, you know, if whatever you want. You know, you have it. and it's the same with just it's the same with food. They're often like, Oh, do I have to have weight routine?
2: Yeah, no, Nope.
1: i just have weight from you know. But everyone thinks when we come on board that that's gonna be one thing we've got to have. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, and usually i think it uh, it also gets clients uh, like i like you're not forcing me to have anything you're not you're like no this this the plan this is how we go and you get clients who i guess from previous coaching where it's like you're having 250 grams of anything healthy or uh, weird weird oil uh, chicken interest. oil chicken Interesting. So, I mean, we've
1: mentioned this before. I, yeah. If I wouldn't eat it, I wouldn't expect the
0: client
1: to eat it. No, I don't eat porn chicken. It's
0: just <laughs> all about understanding, like we always say, just understanding the basics, not yeah. just mastering them, but just understanding yeah. Yeah, the true. basics of energy balance. It helps so much, you know, just uh, and again, you as the coach, you You know, you don't need to get complicated into GABA or whatever, CCK hormone, this and that. But if you can just, you know, tell your client kind of, this is what we're doing and why in terms of your diet, you know, we're working. You know, this is why it's important to work on your sleep. This is why it's important to work on your stress. This is why digestion is so important because that affects everything in your journey to whatever goal you want. You know, your body is holistic. You have that whole biopsychosocial approach and you've got to address every single
2: aspect of it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I would
1: say, um, with preparative athletes, you should probably be learning a lot more. Yeah. For the general population, yep. people just ask questions and check-ins,
2: mm-hmm.
1: be consistent with asking. Because so, it is learning. I always tell my i It's a learning process. I'm here mm-hmm. to help you learn in the future. Yeah. And you know, across all levels, ask questions. But if you're gonna be competitive, you you know, and uh, you know, better athlete, you should probably be doing a lot more research in your own time as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: and I hope, I hope a lot of Kenyan bodybuilders will uh, listen to this because. Uh, well,
1: this is what I'm worried about. Kenyans just grabbing diuretics. Yeah, it's, part, it's a please. big
2: it's a big issue, and even. For my preps, it's guys who come and ask me what diuretic to use, and I'm like asparagus and green beans, and they're like, huh, like what? What do you mean? I'm like asparagus and green beans, and then the more yeah, but the more I talk to them, you realize even the females here, it's like you use the diuretic and not not in a bad way, but it's like you use the diuretic and you look like that, then you are not ready. It's if
1: 100%. Yeah. You know, if you're using a diuretic because you still are soft a couple of days before a show, you're not ready. And all that's going to happen is, look, it, and we take out a health, you just got to flatten your muscle yeah. and going to look like a bag of shit anyway. So, we'll yeah. um, diuretics will put out water from everywhere in your body, your brain, your muscles, yeah. organs, it doesn't care. It's going to drag that stuff out. Yeah, and, like, and then you've got yeah, with the potassium situation or something
2: like that. And like you said, there's no use using... I don't know, it's it's just always comparing with pro bodybuilders. You're using something you have no idea what it does, but just because your favourite IFBB Pro talked about it, you're... you know, it, it's is I've never seen
1: now. anyone in Kenya in a condition where you know, it was needed to be a diuretic. As in like you know, people are, are getting lean, but we're not talking shredded to the bone. Thing. Yeah. So like there's probably still a way a little way to go. we might either growing the muscle to look like you're bigger full of, and fuller and leaner. Or just a little bit more conditions needed. In all we shows you yeah. you see but apart from maybe one or two most people lack the condition anyway, so don't mess with diuretics, Get conditioned now. Yeah, you yeah.
0: know. Just get a good coach who actually knows what they're doing. Not your not your mate who's not yes. going to charge you and knows you know nothing. And you prepare. get yeah. get a yeah. proper. Don't
1: just read the forums. Don't just forums online where there's some crazy guys out there. There's some crazy stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. getting ready uh, in six weeks, and you I mean, think we, you we, can we, do the same?
1: So <laughs> With with yeah. And I
0: think, I mean, I've never competed, but if you're going to compete, I would say you've got to take a, maybe even a two-year plan, because you actually need some muscle to compete.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. You do. Yeah. And that can take a long time to build, like a good off-season. So you start with your coach way before, not just... Six weeks before be like, okay, I've got a competition in six yeah. weeks. Which is what Neil. Especially gets. women oh, yeah, I get women the think they just jump on in bikini. No. Oh. Yeah. Like
1: after like a year of training it's like it does make a mockery bikini mm-hmm. the fact that to yeah. compete, yeah, you, know, you do need some muscle, you need some full muscle. Yeah. And you know, women, you know, thinking there's anything the about day? Just because you've got a big bump be off season doesn't mean you're a wellness athlete.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know
2: what happens when
0: all the fat Yeah. There's yeah. nothing. There's so you need no you need your, a good a good building season, then you need a decent prep. That could that that will depend how long it takes. Then you need the exit plan. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, and this is this is all long term thinking. So yeah,
2: because I, I and, was I was telling clear I've had to be like just tell guys no, like. You're telling me prep five weeks, four weeks, and what am I supposed to do? Magic, and it's like I'm learning your body in two days. To, so I've just I've reached yeah, a like point I mean, where I'm like, no.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, there are people who take people on like that. I mean, they do some dangerous stuff. Yeah. they just stop. Yeah. Because they want it. Yeah. Very,
0: and I mean, not just with bodybuilding prep, but
2: no. like fat yeah.
0: loss in general as yeah, well. True, like I, came said it before but like you need a time to build your calories up you know, bring up that rmr that resting metabolic rate by building some muscle you know bringing your calories up then you have your fat loss phase then you have your reverse diet phase and this is more than a 12 week transformation so yeah, yeah always always looking long term and just thinking of it as your your lifestyle is key but understanding energy balance and digestion we thought is really important so we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will catch you next week